welcome to the Business Brainwave Show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. Hello and welcome to today's episode. So for the next couple of episodes, I will be talking about deceased estates. And I thought that I would kick off with what the process is uh, entailed in a deceased estate. Over my years that I've uh, dealt with families uh, dealing with deceased estates, and even my clients uh, with businesses, people often ask me, well, what is uh, the process in a deceased estate? How long does it take? What do I need to have in place to speed up the process? So in this episode, let's talk about the steps. What is it that would need to happen first and foremost um, so that we understand the various things that happen? So before we can look at the various steps, we need to understand that when we are talking about deceased estates and the master of the high court, we need to take into consideration that for those purposes, we distinguish trusts in two categories. Either the deceased estate falls into the category of below 250,000 rand or above 250,000 rand. Now that means that the entire estate, in other words, all assets in that estate, would fall into that category. So either the combined assets in that estate for the deceased party would be below or above 250,000 Rand. Now, for purposes of this episode, I will talk about what happens when my deceased estate value exceeds 250,000 Rand, because it does look vastly different from an estate that would be, say, below 250,000 Rand. So for an estate that falls in the category above 250,000 Rand, the first thing we need to know is that the master of the high court would need to appoint an executor for this deceased estate. And in order to do that, we need to obtain a letter of executorship. The master will issue that letter, but the master will only do so once we follow the right steps. So where do we start? What what needs to happen? Well, generally what would happen is families will approach me and I would assist them uh, in this, but you can do that or you could deal with any other party. But basically the estate, the first step is the estate needs to be reported to the master. Now, how do we report that estate? First and foremost, there's a bunch of documentation that needs to be completed and then needs to be sent to the master. And when the master is happy with all the documents and they find that they've received all necessary documentation, they will review and they will then appoint the executor. The executor is appointed either in terms of the will, if there is a valid will, or if there's no will and we find that it is an intestate estate because there's no valid will, then either a family member will be appointed or the master may even appoint an executor. But what does that documentation look like? What is it that we need to supply the master with? Well, um, we have, like I said, a whole bunch of documentation and this includes um, the completed death notice, the original or certified copy of the death certificate, 
the original or death certificate of a marriage certificate should the party have been married all original and i'm talking all original wills and codicils or documents purporting to be such if any now often what happens is people may assume that something is a valid will and when it reaches the master and sometimes court it is then um, ruled that it may not be a valid will and hence they say that any document purporting to be such so um, and and also what could happen is in our lifetime we could sign various wills and if those the previous wills that we had signed had not physically been destroyed those wills also need to be supplied to the master and the master will look at the latest will but what could sometimes happen is i may have signed a will in the year 2005 another will in the year 2010 and the last will in 2020 and the last will i signed may turn out not to be valid for some reason the master would then have to go back to the will prior to that and that is why they ask for all original wills then also a completed next of kin affidavit and that is normally if the deceased did not leave a valid will also a declaration of marriage uh, by surviving spouses indicating uh, how the deceased was married so that would also uh, be if you have a marriage uh, contract because we need to establish was the person married community of property um, or an anti-natural contract with or without accrual because this will impact the calculations and for the liquidation distribution account as well as for the taxes also we would need to send an inventory form now the inventory form is important because there what we do is we note our initial um, take on what the asset value is so this will a tell the master is this an estate in excess of 250 rand number two it will also tell the master are we now looking at getting security for this uh, estate or not and sometimes in the will um, the will will clearly dictate that we dispense with the requirement for security but often where minors are involved and uh, foreign uh, executors are involved the master may still insist on security so we mainly need uh, security uh, to the value of what that inventory says also um, we need to know that uh, the inventory would list the majority of the assets so the executor would know where to start at least when we need to start looking at the liquidation uh, and distribution account also the nominations by the heirs for the appointment of executor and this is important because remember um, the will may appoint but also if there is no nomination either in the will or there is no will then the family members can decide who wants to be appointed as the executor who's maybe competent to do so um, then also the completed acceptance of a trust as executor so what happens is let's say the spouse is appointed as an executor but that person doesn't have the qualification they don't actually know how to do the estates then we would appoint either an attorney an accountant a person such as myself to assist in these matters and then there is the undertaking um, and bond of security remember i mentioned sometimes the master may insist on security 
Um, and if there is no exemption for security in the will, then it would also become a requirement, and then you would need that document as well. You would need certified copies uh, of the ID of the persons that are to be appointed as executors. The, um, also, in cases where the death was not a natural death, where it was an unnatural death, the master may very well call on the police report. So, for good measure, you just add that in anyway because you do not want delays. Every time there's a delay at the master, if you send something to the master, uh, so it already takes you quite a time to prepare all these documents, then you need to get it to the master. Now they need to acknowledge receipt, and then it can take weeks before you get a reply. Now, if the reply is, we need one more document, now off you go and you need to go and find this document and you need to jump through all the hoops to get it. And uh, in the case of a police report, for instance, the master will want a police certified um, copy of that report. So now, depending on where the person passed, it must be at the police station where the case was reported. So you understand that sometimes this can take some time to obtain, and then it has to go back to the master. And all this, every time, delays the process. So these are the initial documents that would go to the master. You need to prepare that with proper covering letters and then it needs to be submitted to the master. Now you cannot just email this to the master or fax it to the master. It has to be physically delivered to the master. Why? Because they are A, original documents and B, because you're just not going to have any joy if you do email anything. So you need to have the documents physically delivered. We have also found that just posting the documents will not yield any joy and especially if you post an original will and that will goes missing and you only have one original will, that document goes missing. The master cannot accept a photocopied uh, will. So it's not within their mandate. Now what do we do? You may have a copy of that will but the master may not accept it. Now you have to start a court case where the master may or may not be ruled to accept that photocopy wall by the court. So it again creates a, a, a cost and a time delay. So very, very important that these documents are handled with due care and diligence and that it is delivered, physically hand-delivered to the master. Now once the um, master has received all the documents, work through it and is happy with what you've supplied, the master will then issue a letter of executorship. Now, once that letter of executorship is issued, the next step is then to advertise this estate. Now, the first advertisement is um, for the uh, creditors and debtors to submit their claims uh, or to pay um, to the executor. And this uh, advertisement is placed in the Government Gazette and the local newspaper where the person passed away and that advertisement uh, or the, the, the days that it must now be active, not the advertising but the, you know, the days that you give people to act on it is 30 days. So already now you've got a 30 day time frame then. After that you can now start preparing your liquidation and distribution account. Now, often what happens in practice is that we start preparing the liquidation and distribution account already 
uh, we start gathering all the information and start preparing for this as soon as you have submitted your documentation to the master because already we now know that the clock is running and we start gathering all the information and you need to do various calculations but this is where a lot of the work happens and it is a time-consuming job because you need to gather all information on all assets and we are talking properties motor vehicles business shares uh, investment portfolios uh, policies whatever assets this person may have owned now it also happens to then be further complicated by the marital regime was the deceased party married community of property because then we need to take into account the assets of the spouse was the person married anti-natural agreement including the accrual system again we now need to look at the spouse's assets because certain calculations need to be done so this does become a very time consuming and very technical effect and then of course you need to take the various taxes into account as well and you need to now start looking at is the liquidity in this estate because various parties need to be paid and in a further uh, episode I will talk about estate liquidity okay so once we've now gone through this process and we are now talking this might take a couple of months now remember from the day that a person comes and sees you uh, or you say we need to report this estate up until you can submit the liquidation and distribution account to the master would probably not be sooner than I would say a minimum of 60 days that would probably be the quickest that that could happen but probably not uh, it would probably take longer uh, so once you've prepared your liquidation and distribution account and, and the uh, parties have signed off on it it then gets submitted to the master again for approval now once the master receives this uh, liquidation and distribution account you need to send certain um, let's call it uh, source documents with it the master will then call on what is called vouchers vouchers are the source documents from which you worked in order to prepare this liquidation and distribution account so again a further delay because the master may not call on all documents they may call on certain documents or they may call on all documents they will then review peruse and if the liquidation and distribution account is approved then the master will advise that you may now advertise again and now you are advertising that the public has the opportunity to inspect the um, liquidation account that will lie open at the master's office or the magistrate's office wherever you line it open um, for the minimum of 21 days so again we've got a time frame here so for 21 days people can now inspect this document and um, agree or disagree now provided that no objections are received by the executor of the estate you can then after 21 days and within 60 days you have to from from the date of uh, that the period runs out so after 21 days but within 60 days you then have to start distributing these assets now what does that mean so the will may have said that we need to uh, give joe blog the house then that means in that period joe blog must now get the house she can transfer this property or you may need to sell assets in order to um, give the money to the beneficiaries whatever that looks like 
in that period is now when you do all that. You will also pay your creditors. You will make SAR, assure that SARS, the uh, taxes, has been paid and you will get your tax clearance from SARS. And once all that has been done and you've got proof and you've got the proof from the bank account that everyone's been paid, you will then start the process to discharge as executor. So you will lodge your request to discharge as executor at the Master of the High Court. Again, this is quite a process. There's quite a number of uh, documents that need to be submitted to the Master. And again, this is a bit of a moving target because the Master will request certain documents. And it differs from estate to estate. Uh, but for the most part, they would need uh, a full set of bank statements. They would need proof that all beneficiaries had received their full due. They would need confirmation that all um, parties, all creditors were paid. They will need to know that SARS has been paid in full. So there are various things that need to be confirmed. And then the master eventually will discharge the executor. Now understand, until that process has happened, you are not discharged as executor and you are held liable for whatever ever happens in that estate or does not happen. So if taxes are not paid, uh, the executor will be held liable. If uh, creditors are not paid, the executor will be held liable. So as you can see, this can be quite a time-consuming process. Uh, estates generally would run between, uh, I would say, nine months to two years, 18 months, two years. Uh, that is if all parties play ball. If you get the information from all the parties uh, of the family, let's say, if SARS plays ball and if the master plays ball. When you have a hiccup at the master or you have a hiccup at SARS, this process is delayed. You can do all your work, you can do all your sums, but the minute there's a delay on one of these parties, it becomes problematic and everything is a hurry up and wait situation. So, I hope that this has ta uh, taught you a little bit more about the process of an estate and why it is so important to A, have your affairs in order beforehand and B, why it is important to know who your family will deal with in the event of your passing. Being the executive estate is not an easy task. It is a time-consuming task it is a frustrating affair for people that um, don't do this on a daily basis. Even for people that do do it on a daily basis, it can be incredibly frustrating dealing with the uh, organizations that you need to deal with. So for me, I try to always say to the families that uh, we will do on our side what we can to remove any form of frustration, anxiety and uncertainty. And I think that's the best we can do. In, in a situation where we have lost a loved one. So I hope this episode has been of value and we will chat again next week. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.